Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem. It's me. Primary ticketing companies, including Ticketmaster, do not set ticket prices. The FTC has only enforced this once. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. You got Trump, you got Pence, you got Biden. The only thing I think you'll find at my house is a bunch of Chick-fil-A bags on the floor. So how many other secrets are just sort of out in the world? Nothing to see here. There's nothing there, there. And then all of a sudden, there was something. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Senators blast Live Nation, but should the government break up the company? Welcome to the fastest hour in politics as the company behind Ticketmaster faces antitrust questions after the whole Taylor Swift meltdown last year and years of background. We're joined by Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn, who co-sponsored legislation to prohibit ticket scalpers from ruining the show. Later, more classified documents are discovered, this time at Mike Pence's home in Indiana. Something here may need to change, as we will discuss with our panel. And as Microsoft invests billions in artificial intelligence, we explore Washington's role in regulating a technology that's improving faster than most mortals realize. We'll have more with David Kirkpatrick, founder of Techonomy. Analysis, as I mentioned, from our signature panel, Bloomberg Politics contributors Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano with us for the hour. Some would suggest today's hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee was long overdue. Recalling that Live Nation merged with Ticketmaster in 2010. And today, senators blame the company's market dominance for soaring ticket prices and a terrible customer experience. You know it is serious when the Swifties show up to protest. No more! We've had enough! There they are. We've had enough! We have had so enough of this. So enough. And zero more. That's right. No like, more. This brings us back to November when Ticketmaster, remember, canceled public sales for the Taylor Swift tour after its site crashed under massive demand. Senator Dick Durbin, who chairs the committee, says that is what you get when one company controls a market. In the decade plus since the merger, Live Nation has consolidated its dominant position in the ticketing and live entertainment markets. And the result is a competition killing strategy. That has left artists and fans paying the price. On the panel, the CEO, among others, the CEO of Live Nation, Joe Birchtold, who says, it's not us. Primary ticketing companies, including Ticketmaster, do not set ticket prices. We do not decide how many tickets go on sale and when. 
and we do not set service fees. This is where we begin with Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, who not only serves on that committee, questioned all of these people today, but as I mentioned, co-sponsored legislation in 2016 to stop industrial scalpers from scooping up all the tickets, sending prices higher, blocking the rest of us. This may sound familiar to you. Senator, welcome back to Bloomberg Radio. It's great to have you. Should Live Nation be broken up? I think what we want to see is Ticketmaster, Live Nation begin to work with the industry and for the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to actually implement the BOTS Act, which was passed in 2016. I was in the House at that point, and they have only used it one time in that period of time to go after an enforcement action against a company that was using bots to scoop up these tickets. Hmm. So is there a remedy to this? Is it a fixable issue? Yes, indeed it is. And when I questioned Ticketmaster today, they said they had only called FTC one time or called on them for their help, only one time Hmm. because of a bot. And the problem is they are catching some of the bots that go on their site, but not most of the bots and not all of the bots. So that is why people are having trouble getting tickets Mm -hmm. to live entertainment venues, to movies, to Broadway plays, to college football games and special events. This will sound familiar, like I said to a lot of our listeners. You hear some you know, tickets are going on sale at 10 o'clock in the morning. There they are at 10 o'clock, blam, and they're already gone. So, Senator, for the sake of uh, the benefit of our listeners, when we say bots and we say scalpers, they're kind of the same he- thing here, right? Because we've been hearing a lot about bots with Twitter, for instance, these sort of unknown uh, faceless accounts. Industrial scalpers use an algorithm of some sort. Is that what they're doing to get the bots so-called to buy the tickets? That's exactly right. And this is why Senator Schumer and I in 2016 said, look, this needs to be held to account. These are industrial bots or algorithms that go in. They're built to scoop tickets in a certain manner, and customers may go in, choose their seats, and they go to check out, and all of a sudden they have no tickets. Mm -hmm. And what has happened is a bot has scooped up those tickets. They do it within a matter of seconds. They move to the checkout. They pay for the tickets, and then they immediately post them on the secondary market. This could be on StubHub. Mm -hmm. It could be on SeatGeek. And they will many times double, triple, quadruple the the price. So the consumer can't get anything on the, the site or when the window opens, and they're able to buy. And then they can't afford what is offered on the resale site. Mm -hmm. Who are these scalpers, And, and are they even in this country? Many times they are people that will be outside the country or they are groups that have developed these algorithms. You can say, I need an algorithm to scoop up purchases of T-shirts or tennis shoes or or, uh, tickets for different events. You develop the algorithm. They scoop the tickets. 
and then move to resell. And I think part of the problem also is not only is FTC not enforcing the BOTS Act as good, and not only are the companies hesitant, or Ticketmaster is hesitant to call on FTC to enforce the bill, mm-hmm. but you also have um, these bots, these companies that are scooping these tickets, scalping these tickets, that know that Ticketmaster is not going to do anything, so therefore they actually are so confident they do spec sales, what is called spec (laughs) sales. Uh And before the tickets even go on sale, and this is a problem with the Madonna Tour, they're already selling those tickets on the secondary market because they know that uh, Ticketmaster will not do anything to them. And Ticketmaster said, well, we catch about 90% of the bots that are on our site. Well, you know, most of our banks and credit card processors, um, uh, healthcare companies, utilities like the electric power distributor or the water company, mm-hmm. they catch 99.99% of their cyber attacks or their hackers. They get hit thousands of times a day, and they thwart those hackers and yeah. those bots from getting in their system. But for some reason, it appears that Ticketmaster has not figured out how to build a secure perimeter around their site and to protect the consumers and to protect the consumer data that they are collecting. Right. Yeah, there's a lot collect- here. The CEO who I mentioned, Joe Birchtold, of the CEO of, of Live Nation, uh, told Senator Blackburn and the others on the panel, not only were there bots, but unprecedented bots for that Taylor Swift tour. Here's how he described it. The recent on-sale experience with Taylor Swift, one of the world's most popular artists, has highlighted the need to address these, ur- these issues urgently. We knew bots would attack that on-sale and planned accordingly. We were then hit with three times the amount of bot traffic that we'd ever experienced, and for the first time in 400 verified fan on sales, they came after our verified fan pass, password servers as well. So they got not only three times the bots, they got a cyber attack while they were at it. And by the way, Senator, I realize those could be the same thing or somehow coordinated. Uh, is, is this a company that's been victimized by industrial scalpers or one that is tacitly working with them? I think you're getting at here to let them in. What we want to figure out is why they do not go to the FTC and report this. Why have they not uh, changed their encryption policies to eliminate these bots, these Mm -hmm. scalpers? Mm -hmm. Why are they not making the effort to secure that information? Those are questions that we want to know. Ticketmaster Also, bear in mind, if you buy a ticket to a concert and you buy it on the secondary market, you still have to go to Ticketmaster in order to activate that ticket. You have to go on their website. Mm -hmm. Once you get to their website, they may point you to rideshare services or hotel rooms or restaurants or any uh, other uh, services that may be connected to that event. And 
then they're capturing that data. This is a revenue stream for them because they are then able to monetize your data. Uh, They are able to market back to you when there are other concerts uh, that you are wanting to go to or a certain genre of entertainment that you enjoy. So the customer is the product Mm -hmm. when they are doing business with Ticketmaster. The Ticketmaster app is one of the most downloaded and has one of the highest number of unique users per month of any of the apps that you're going to find in the App Store. Mm -hmm. The Justice Department found in 2019... Uh, that Live Nation violated terms of its merger settlement. New conditions were imposed. We're still talking about it here. If enforcing the BOTS Act doesn't do the job, why allow Live Nation to continue in its current form? And this will be a another discussion, a separate okay. part of the discussion that we go through. We want mm-hmm. to make certain that the BOTS Act is enforced, that companies are complying with it, that companies are working with the FTC. If that does not clean up the marketplace, so to speak, then going in and looking at the structure of Ticketmaster Live Nation, looking at what they are or are not doing to protect consumers that are on that site. So this was not just today's hearing. This is far from over, it sounds like. Correct. And we have worked tirelessly on this issue, not only at Judiciary Committee, but also at the uh, Commerce Committee and the Consumer Protection Data Security Committee that Senator Blumenthal chairs, and I'm the top Republican on that committee. Mm -hmm. And we continue to work on this to protect the consumer in the online marketplace. The issue around ticket sales for venues and events is an issue that we continue to hear from consumers. This is a problem. It is not a fair marketplace. It is not a level playing field. Senator Blackburn, you've been very generous with your time. I just want to ask you quickly uh, while you're with us about this endless saga involving classified documents. I do not want to start a Biden versus Trump fight here, but now that we know that Mike Pence uh, also had some classified documents in his home in Indiana. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, for instance, is among those suggesting we may need a new system here. Does, does the Senate, does Congress need to step in here and update the Presidential Records Act? What needs to happen? There are some of us today that have had this discussion because you're now looking at uh, President Biden as not only vice president, but as a member of the Senate who ended up with classified documents. And, of course, as we want to view a classified document, we go to the SCIF and we read that. So it's hard to imagine how someone ends up with these in their home or uh, not properly caring for these documents. And cleaning up that process, making certain that we tighten those protocols in how the documents are viewed, when and where they're viewed, how you sign them in, sign them out. Uh, That is an appropriate step to take. And I think you're going to see us move forward fairly soon with reviewing those protocols and making any changes we feel are necessary. Is that something that would come from the Judiciary Committee? It would indeed. 
Well, we've got that. That's an important uh, piece of news that you just made. Is that something you want to see happen this year? I would love to see this happen this year so that everyone understands there is a reason we protect this information. Uh, We do not want to harm our sources or our processes. And it is important that we have a protocol in place that is going to be strictly followed. There's a lot there. Senator Blackburn, thank you for joining us today on Bloomberg Radio. As always, Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, of course, the home of Nashville, which had a big stake in the hearing today. Uh, we've got a lot to go through with the panel here. Rick Davis is back. Jeannie Shanzano is with us. Bloomberg Politics contributors quickly in our moment uh, that we have here remaining. Uh, Rick, the, the, the news on documents will tackle when we are a little bit later in the hour. I want to ask you about splitting up Live Nation. Why go through the process of that hearing today and allow the company to continue? Well, I think one that uh, Senator Blackburn really pointed out well is how they uh, basically thrown the customer, thrown the consumer under the bus. Uh, There's no protection against these bots. But more importantly, even um, they have dominated the concert scene. So, you know, it's very hard, if not impossible, to get a live nation concert in a hall that isn't already given to Ticketmaster for for tickets. So (laughs) if, if it's a quid pro quo, it locks in this. This this relationship between the two yeah. that is anti-competitive. So yeah, I think I that's really the definition of a monopoly. Fun. Hold that thought, Rick. We'll bring Jeannie in on this as well. Straight ahead on Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. May I suggest respectfully that Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem. It's me. It's me. (laughs) Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. 
Yeah, so all the senators, they they all love Taylor Swift. I mean, the number of lyrics uh, references I heard in that Judiciary Committee today, impressive. That was the staff, right? Does Richard Blumenthal quote Taylor Swift a lot? So here's the thing. This got so far down the road. So many members showed up with the same idea. No, Sebastian, not going to shake it off. That we actually have a story written up on the terminal, quoting all of the lawmakers using Taylor Swift lyrics in the Judiciary Committee. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. Glad you came along. It's Bloomberg Sound On. Our panel is here as we try to understand what's happening. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, we heard uh, from Rick for just a second. Jeannie, I'd like to hear from you, too, because we're, we're talking about a potential antitrust issue. Then again, hearing from Senator Marsha Blackburn, she says, no, just enforce the rules already on the books. Uh, This is her, by the way, the senator from Tennessee in today's hearing before she spoke with us. We all know the Botts Act is something when I was in the House that got passed, signed into law. Senator Schumer uh, had carried that over in the Senate. The FTC has only enforced this once, and they've had the authority to do this since 2016. So this is an unacceptable situation. Jeannie, do we think that that would have made a difference if it had been enforced more aggressively? You know, I do think it may have made a difference. And yes, Joe Matthew, we are all Swifties today, along with Senator Blumenthal and many others. I I do think it would have made a difference. You know, listening to your discussion with with Marsha Blackburn, and we heard her say something to this effect, although I thought she was pretty strong with you. Um, When she says to, you know, this billion dollar company, the local power company down the road can guard against bots and you can't. (laughs) And that does raise to your point. The specter, are they working with these bots to let them in? And this is a real, real problem. So, yes, I do think the Bots Act is very, very important. I also think the reality is, is that when this was passed in 2010 or this, you know, they were joined, we were assured by the federal officials that, you know, this was going to be fine and everything was going to work out. There was going to be competition. Well, 8, 10, 15 years later, there is not that competition and it must be addressed. And so this was a really important in hearing today. And I do think they're going to have to seriously consider, is this a monopoly and do they need to be broken up now? Because Mm -hmm. we were sold a bill of goods here. Well, so uh, let's pick up where we left off then, Rick. Is this a matter of enforcing rules on the books or do we have an antitrust problem here where the FTC needs to go in and say, we made a big mistake 10 years ago? Well, I think it's both probably. I mean, you know, we know that they're not uh, using the FTC to help guard their own software and they're not doing enough to, uh, you know, keep the bots off their system. So that's certainly one where there are things that are available for them to help. But this anti-competitive behavior of basically telling venues that you can't get Live Nation acts if you don't have um, uh, Ticketmaster as your sales unit um, you know, just smacks an investigation uh, into anti-competitive behavior. And uh, and yet their answer to this, you know, uh, and Senator Blumenthal really focused on this is, oh, it's not us. It's everybody else. It's a lack of competition. It's <laughs> right. other people aren't doing their job. When you're a dominant player in an industry that's this big and this diverse and this public, uh, you better have a better track record than these guys are bringing to Congress. Well, we'll see how this ends. It's something that is obviously... Uh, on the front burner today, let's see how much we're talking about this a couple of weeks down the road. You know how these hearings can go sometimes. By the way, Rick, you've managed your your share of, of Senate hearings. 
Was it the staff bringing the lyrics in, or do these lawmakers all have kids? How come everyone's a Taylor Swift fan? Don't underestimate the Taylor Swift reach into the highest <laughs> venues of power in Washington. Um, you know, there's the fact that this might as well have been called the Taylor Swift hearing. He really uh, should indicate to you that everybody's on board with her soundtrack. <laughs> Incidentally, uh, Jeannie, I don't know. Did you hear the name? This actually the, the, every hearing has a name, right? There's a title. Today, the hearing was titled. That's the ticket. Yeah, that's a ticket. With apologies to Tommy Flanagan on SNL. It's the only thing I could think of until, of course, all the Taylor Swift stuff got in my head. Now, documents. <laughs> you've got to, yeah, we missed you. Tommy Flanagan. Uh, we have to get to the documents here. Did Lindsey Graham put it best today? Here he is, the senator, of course, Republican, weighing in here uh, from the briefing room in the Senate gallery. So let's find out how that happened. Uh, you got Trump, you got Pence, you got Biden. The only thing I think you'll find at my house is a bunch of Chick-fil-A bags on the floor. Uh, the bottom line is I don't, I don't know how this happened. We need to get to the bottom of it. I don't believe for a minute that Mike Pence is trying to intentionally compromise, compromise national security. I think that about Biden and Trump, but clearly we've got a problem here. We have a problem here, and Marsha Blackburn uh, just a moment ago told us, yeah, it's time to take another look at this system. Jeannie, uh, is this I, I, I know I'm going to get political here, but that's what we do on this show. This is actually good news for Joe Biden and even by extension, Donald Trump, because it's starting to look like everyone's doing this. Yeah. First of all, if I was Lindsey Graham, I'd be a little careful because it seems like once somebody says, oh, <laughs> I got nothing. Truth. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're in their living room and there yeah. they are right next to the Corvette. So, you know, uh, I, yeah, the, I do think it does help Trump and Biden, quite frankly, because, you know, we had been talking for so many months about the fact, you know, irresponsible, can't imagine how this could happen. And it seems like every day it's another drip. And I suspect we will hear more because, of course, everybody is now scouring their basements, inviting yeah. in lawyers to look for these documents. And, you know, Marsha Blackburn is exactly right. They do need to address this. This is not the result of one person. There is a problem with the way the United States handles its classified information. That That's much right. has to be agreed on. This is Senator Marsha Blackburn just a moment ago here on Sound On. I think you're going to see us move forward fairly soon with reviewing those protocols and making any changes we feel are necessary. Is there a way to kind of take this out of the hands uh, of politicians or, or government leaders, Rick? Or, or is this the sunlight that's needed to let's get it all out? Let's see who's got them, because people don't want to end up uh, in a headline for having classified documents in their home tomorrow. Mike Pence, in this case, a small number of documents marked as classified at his home in Indiana. Yeah, I, I, w I would say this is exceedingly disappointing that um, there are elected officials who we give the benefit of seeing this information, um, you know, aren't guarding it in the way that the government uh, rules and laws of our nation require them to do. Right. Mm -hmm. This was an issue with with all of them. Uh, they're not supposed to have these documents. And it goes well beyond the Presidential Records Act that uh, Senator Blackburn was talking about. I mean, that yeah. obviously needs to be looked at and reviewed. But our entire classification program, I mean, like why in the world would we even consider a document that was uh, probably sitting around since uh, Joe Biden was senator yes, in, his, right. uh, in his Corvette trunk uh, or in the garage? <laughs> uh, do we really think that's even classified at this point? Um, 
And, and why does he even have it? So, uh, I, look, this actually, to me, screams an opportunity for government reform. There needs to be a commission. People have been barking about the classification system being all screwed up for a long period of time. I mean, you basically have the same information on the front page of the Wall Street Journal that you have as a classified document in many cases. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think a commission ought to be appointed right away to take a look at how we classify documents what the chain of custody is, why is it breaking down? Because you can't argue that it's not broken down. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what do we need to put in place as a government to ensure that our nation's you know, top secrets are kept? The narrative right now in some corners, at least in Washington, Jeannie, particularly this is, this is about the Biden docs. This Pence thing is nobody could believe it when that popped this afternoon. But there's a thought that, it, that Democrats are leaking this stuff on Joe Biden because they don't want him to run for reelection. Karine Jean-Pierre was even asked about it today. Dick Durbin calls it unthinkable. Are Democrats using this as a lever to make him a one-term president? Uh, You know, I I have to agree. I think that is unthinkable. I did hear that Joe Rogan was speculating about it, not that he was in the White House (laughs) briefing room, certainly. Although, to his credit, he said— Peter Ducey asked about it from Fox, though. You better believe. and that is the narrative going on. There's also another narrative, by the way, which is that— this helps Biden, strangely, because the more Trump is around, the better off Biden is. So if this helps oh, resurrect man. Trump and we have actually seen in the last few days, Trump's poll numbers vis-a-vis DeSantis go up a bit. Now, who knows <laughs> what that's you know related to? But, you know, I can't I, I it's hard to even imagine that anything like that could happen. What did they go back to 2009 and put documents yeah, near the right. Corvette? Well, uh, this <laughs> is fair. But if, they, if somebody sort of, knew something, Rick, is the call coming from inside the house? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, this is kind of Marjorie Taylor Greene territory, right? I mean, like, what conspiracy theory can we cook up today? Uh, look, I mean, like, you know, you got to believe Biden when, you know, people were looking around for stuff and found it. And then, you know, yeah. he said, go find some more. And, of course, you know, Pence, exactly the same thing. Hey, I better check my drawers. Uh, That's right. The, the real question is, what's wrong with, you know, Barack Obama? Why hasn't he got some of these documents? Does he want to be left out of this story? Just... I mean, you know, George W. Bush, I guarantee it, in his sock drawer, he's got some of this stuff. <laughs> oh, you know, and so, like, I mean, it, it's only going to end me. when we have a system in place to, to, to guarantee our secrecy. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano make our signature panel. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Many references to Skynet and The Matrix since chat GPT entered the lexicon. Are you on this? Have you even seen it? I'm on the wait list like, well, maybe you and a lot of other people. Artificial intelligence and specifically chat GPT reaching a new level here in the past week with a $10 billion investment by Microsoft in OpenAI. That's the company that makes chat GPT. Making it clear this is all going mainstream. I love Tyler Cowen's Bloomberg Opinion column this week. Headline, AI is improving faster than most humans realize. Indeed, this could be a very mature technology before a lot of people even understand what it is. And you know what's next. A call in Washington to regulate it. Artificial intelligence. Even Elon Musk is afraid of it. He's got that Neuralink company that wires your brain to keep the AI out. Have we all seen too many movies? Is this becoming sensational? Is this actually something that will help our lives? David Kirkpatrick joins us, I'm glad to say, founder of Techonomy, back with us on Bloomberg Radio. 
Uh, David, I don't think you're a sensationalist, but does this give you pause to think that it will need to be regulated? Thanks, Joe. Uh, I guess, yes, I'd say that. <clears throat> I, I think any super powerful technology will benefit from some degree of understanding and oversight by government. Mm-hmm. But that isn't really saying very much because it's almost never proven to be something that actually happened in past eras of tech. So while we can say, yes, this is something that probably needs to be regulated, the chances of that happening in the near term in the United States are probably not huge. I'm curious uh, why, and, and, and I'm asking you that in a, in a city that's been talking about regulating crypto for longer uh, than a lot of people knew about crypto, and we still have basically nothing. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> so that's where you're coming from. Is that informed by what's happening or what's actually needed, David? Well, you know, artificial intelligence is such a multifaceted arena. I mean, it, it isn't like we could easily come up with clear regulations that mm-hmm. would be agreed to by both parties and average citizens. So unfortunately, that's the problem with fast-moving technology it often, it, it's even though you can say, yeah, we ought to have some guardrails here, uh-huh. it's not necessarily obvious exactly where the guardrails ought to be placed. Um, <clears throat> interestingly, in recent times, um, most of the best regulatory efforts have come out of Europe, but even there they've taken years and years in most instances to, mm-hmm. to be developed and deployed. Mm-hmm. Um, but now Europe is kind of setting the standard for a lot of areas and a lot of other geographical regions and countries are mimicking regulations that come out of Europe. That could very well happen this time as well. Uh, in case you haven't heard about this, by the way, this is we're not talking about Skynet here. This is OpenAI's uh, viral artificial intelligence bot. It's 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 called a chat bot. All right, Microsoft is investing in this. We'll add it to its Azure service soon. They see it being used by law offices, by clinics in the year ahead. Uh, it's it's becoming very popular in newsrooms, actually trading floors, boardrooms. To that end, uh, you do wonder about its accuracy. And about this getting out of our hands here, David, even in in this most practical sort of consumer-facing version that we're talking about. Well, it it isn't accurate. That's one thing that's increasingly (laughs) obvious. Um, If you do use it, as some are already doing in Mm -hmm. law firms or newspaper articles or, you know, customer service interactions, you better be careful to check the things it says because it isn't always factually correct. And one of the problems with it, one of the many problems with it, is that it doesn't even seem to know when it's correct. And if you tell it it's incorrect, it often asserts that, no, it was in fact correct. And, you know, it, it, it is uncanny because you can have a dialogue with it that's very much like having a conversation with another human. And, and there's no question this is a major, major breakthrough, especially in terms of communication about technology, because, in fact, this kind of system has been around for a while. It's just been gated behind the closed doors of a number of the big tech companies that were afraid to release it. And OpenAI, this startup with a lot of funding from Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and Microsoft and others, took the chance of putting it out into the wild, so to speak. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, uh, there's a lot of other versions of it that may even be of higher quality that are not yet released. Have you used or are you using uh, Chat GPT? 
I've used it. In fact, I used it a little bit this afternoon um, just to prepare for this conversation. I love it. Uh, it, <laughs> it is it is easy to use. Uh, sometimes it's hard to get access to right now because yes, right. Um, there's so much demand for it. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Most people are on a waiting list and don't actually realize what's waiting for them there. When you ask it a question, uh, it, it, how does it speak to you? Is there attribution? Where is this information coming from? Well, it's unclear always. <laughs> you don't yeah. really know. It's just appearing on the screen in a little box. Uh, there is no attribution generally given. And if you ask the software to tell you the attribution for whatever it just told you, it sometimes appears to simply make up uh, citations. That's something a number of journalists have discovered in mm-hmm. recent weeks. So it, it, <laughs> it's, a, it's a real morass. But it's still so exciting and and fascinating because clearly there are a lot of wonderful things that it can make possible. David, thanks for coming in. David Kirkpatrick, founder of Techonomy, a tech-focused conference company that's, I'm guessing, going to be dealing with this a lot. He's already using it. A quick turn from our panel on this, Jeannie Shanzano and Rick Davis. I don't know if you're putting your tinfoil hats on here, uh, but Jeannie, uh, Washington has an eye on this, but will it do anything about it? You know, I, I think that is the million-dollar question. I have to tell you, we had a long conversation about this on campus today where all universities are mm-hmm. talking about this because, of course, students can use it to right. write essays and papers. For traditional, cheat. Yeah, so it's really, really tough for everybody. But, you know, in terms of regulation, the crypto example is a great one. And I would just say, look at how much money the crypto industry gave in the 2022 midterm election and where that money was going. So we have to think about how much knowledge people in Washington have And when people are coming in from these industries, how much they're influencing the regulation that may potentially come out of it, because there is something of a revolving door in Washington, Mm D.C. So I am not confident we are going to see good regulation in the near future in any of these levels. Are we wasting our time asking these questions, Rick? It's a nascent technology and Washington is never ahead of the curve. Well, it's never ahead of the curve. You're right. But Washington needs to wake up and listen to what's going on around the world, because uh, it is a nascent technology, but it's catching up fast. And a little bit goes a long way uh, you when it. you talk about AI, both at a national security level and, and a uh, basic human level. And we don't have the, the, the parameters in place. Uh, uh, in, 19, in 2019, uh, there was a national commission, a national security commission on AI headed by Eric Schmidt that came out with a bunch of recommendations on how to manage this from a warfighting point of view. Uh, cyber has become a significant weapon that hits both civilian and military targets. Mm-hmm. And if you have AI managing that for you, it takes a human element out of it. Wow. Same goes with some of these issues related to AI and the human condition outside of the military. And <laughs> and I would say we're going to be talking about this a lot more often yep. this year and in the coming future uh, if we expect to not only remain competitive – but also uh, make sure that, that we have humans on the throttle of AI. Boy, when I hear Rick Davis talk about it, that sounds a lot closer to Skynet. But can it host a radio program? I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large-sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. 
With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Sound On is brought to you by Innovation Refunds. It's your daily reminder from Innovation Refunds, the ERC is not alone. It's your money. Your small to medium-sized business may be eligible to receive for keeping employees on payroll in 2020 and 21. Get an estimate of your company's potential refund today. Learn more at GetRefunds.com. So we all went to bed last night thinking, God, what could it be? What will happen? After George Santos tweeted a little tease. Looking forward to being back on Capitol Hill this week, he wrote, to serve... New York's 3rd District. I also have a surprise for the quote-unquote journalists, he writes, assigned to stake out the side of my office. Can't wait to see you guys, he writes. So people showed up. This was actually Sunday night. Yesterday there was nothing. What's going on here? Today we got the answer. The surprise? Donuts. Donuts and coffee for all the hard work you guys do. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and doing your job. Set up a box of Dunkin'. Thank you. Seriously, I appreciate you. There's coffee and donuts for all of you guys. Thank you. So what's our plan today? Back to the questions. Today's plan to answer your question is to work for the American people. (laughs) Legislate. That's what I got hired to do. So you can you can look forward to some cool stuff coming out of this office soon. All right. Hmm. All right. Thank you guys. All right. So he's he's there to legislate, feed the press. And you know, people were very uh flattered by it. Of course, things don't always when you're trying to hide from reporters, you you have to be precise. You get in the office, you close the door. He forgot he had to come out and set up the flag. He had set up the POW flag outside of here. Here he comes again. Hey, thanks for the donuts. <laughs> George Santos, the gift that keeps on giving to our panel, Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, Jeannie, you're, you're there in New York. You missed out on the donuts. You're in D.C. 
Yes, if only I could have been there. You know, he's saying, looking forward to being back. Well, you know who's not looking forward to him being back? His own constituents, who are now petitioning Kevin McCarthy to get him the heck out of Congress. So Mm -hmm. between that and, you know, him being saddened by what John Kennedy, I can seldom understand John Kennedy, but that was a bizarre (laughs) reference to the bunny boiler, and it hurt poor George Santos' feelings, so he made up for it with coffee and donuts, apparently. I'm so confused so often. It was Uh, very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Rick, uh, I mean, this is is at least a... You know, a premeditated move is trying to take control of this thing. You put out some donuts uh, for the reporters at the door. What do you think? Yeah, well, I've been feeding donuts to reporters all my career. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's the one thing that gets right to their heart. Although he made the one strategic mistake that no congressman should ever make. Yeah. He served them Dunkin' Donuts wow. and not Krispy Kreme. I, mean, like, I knew you know, that was going to cross you. If you're stuck on a stakeout you know, in front of his office, you deserve a Krispy Kreme, not one of those bargain basement donuts like wow. Dunkin'. Well, you know, I don't know. He's a Northeastern guy. I think this is uh, this is what happens. Jeannie, he says he's going to legislate. Will he actually get his name on a bill? Well, he says he is co-sponsoring pieces of legislation. I want to know. Yeah, we we may see it there. I, I don't think we'll see it for too long, but he is certainly trying. He's got to learn to close that door. And huh. I'm going to stick up for Dunkin' Donuts, Rick Davis. I, I like a Dunkin' Donut. I'm from New England, so, That's you know, true. we like them up here. Yeah, I certainly I grew up with the Dunkin'. Uh, the, whole, the coffee is another matter. We can have that conversation <laughs> uh, on another day. But would you co-sponsor? I mean, if... if if you're working in an office on the Hill, Rick, do you co-sponsor a bill with this other name here, Santos, on the legislation? Yeah, you know, look, it depends. Uh, the reality is a lot of these uh, bills he's signing up to are just distributions, right? You mm-hmm. get a note in every member's uh, uh, inbox that says, hey, would you be willing to sponsor, you know, co-sponsor this legislation? They're looking for votes, right? And they want right. and, and he's got one. So as long as he's got a vote. He's going to be able to get himself on some bills. There are times he will be needed, George Santos. Rick Davis, Jeannie Shanzano, thanks to you both. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.